solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston and USA Today Texans Wire, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. I'm just some sports guy, John Hickman. You're Locked On Texans football analyst. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you happy to be back with you guys man we, we have a discussion that i think is very important uh aside of what we are seeing from the deshaun watson saga and how right now houston's quarterback position is kind of hanging in the balance we have tyrod taylor ryan finley is also uh, on the depth chart but this offense, and honestly, quite frankly, this this franchise hasn't moved in the last three to four years without number four, and, and that is now in jeopardy. But the discussion of who has more to prove at this time, whether it's David Cully and Nick Casario. So that's something that I believe that we needed to discuss pre-draft. And also looking at pre-draft expectations for the Houston Texans, I uh, want to look at what they have on the current roster and understanding this, like when I look at the pre-draft expectations, understand that Houston does not have a lot of stock in this draft. So even after the draft, I don't believe that a lot of our expectations may change, but I think it's important to get a pre and post-draft expectations of what we are, what we will possibly see out of this Houston team. And then lastly, we're going to end off the show with our NFL Draft Prospect Series. But Cody, you know, to answer the question of who has more to prove this year, David Cully or Nick Casario, you know, for me, honestly, it's clear-cut David Cully. Never been a coordinator in this league, uh, was hired by Nick Casario, and was a head-scratcher, right? You have Eric Bieniemy out there. You had other qualified coordinators to be coaches. And as I mentioned, never been a coordinator. A lot of people around the league, a lot of people in the city of Houston fans, and even other people uh, closer to the Texas organization than fans would be, believe that he was hired to be a pawn, that he was hired to be a transition coach for somebody that will eventually succeed him. So I think that he has a lot of questions to answer about himself. We don't know anything about him as a coach. We know that he's a fiery guy. We know that uh, he's come highly recommended throughout the league. However, we really don't have a great background, a track record of David Cutler. And I think that's okay to say. Like, it isn't any slap in the face. It's just the facts. What do we really know about David Cutler? And that list is very short, right? Uh, and I will also say this. The coaching staff that has been placed around him uh, on the other side of the defensive side of the ball, you have Lovey Smith, a head coach in this league previously that has went to the Super Bowl. You have coordinators around you, assistant coaches that have success. So now I feel like with the success the assistant coaches and coordinators around you has had in the NFL, it is your time to prove whether or not you're the man for the job, whether or not they made a mistake, whether or not 
the head scratching will continue because of who the hell are you in the first place? But I will say this. I think Nick Casario still has things to prove. Like, what we've seen on him so far, reworking uh, deals that were already made, bringing in players to compete at positions, getting rid of players, moving money around, making this contract, I'm sorry, the cap space situation for Houston more favorable. He did an amazing job in the first 30 to 45 days. But now when we look at the expectations, Cody, for me, what I mean is when it hits August, what will we see out of this team? Will we see disarray like we've seen for the last 12 to 18 months? Will we see uh, something that is new because it will not be touched by Bill O'Brien? It will not be touched by the head coach, Bill O'Brien, or general manager, Bill O'Brien. Will it be something that is a, a foundation for what we will see maybe a year or two ahead in the future, which is okay. Like when you go through a rebuild like Houston is going through, when you go through a shakeup rather like Houston is going through, it's okay to say this year is a red shirt. Not necessarily a red shirt year, but this year is just a year where we're setting foundation pieces. Well, when you take a look at both of these individuals, to me, the one who has the most to prove is David Culley because his hiring, first and foremost, his hiring came completely out of nowhere. And I do understand that Nick Casario's hiring came out of nowhere as well. However, there was never a question to whether or not Nick Casario can do the job. Um, we just did not like how the way the Texans went about things, especially considering at that time, a lot of people, including us here on Locked On Texans, were on the side of Deshaun Watson saying that he should have some type of a say-so on who the Texans consider for their next general manager. However, when you take a look at David Cully, there are still too many questions to whether or not he is a real head coach for the Houston Texans because he never had a coordinator job or when you take a look at the jobs that he did hold in the NFL as a position coach i.e. a quarterback coach or a wide receiver coach his track record was not that great i.e. when he was the position coach for the Kansas City Chiefs during the mid-2010s and if I'm not mistaken I believe it was either the 2014 or the 2015 season I can't remember which one it is but there was a season where none of the Chiefs wide receivers caught a touchdown pass, and he was their position coach. David Culley has the most to prove out of these two individuals. But at the same time, John and listeners, I don't think Culley is in a position where we can actually judge him in a way where he can say he proved his worth as the Houston Texans' next head coach. Because think about it. If the Texans have another 4-12 and season, or I guess now because they added that extra game, the equivalent of a 4-12 and season is either 3-14 and or 4-13, and a lot of people are going to place majority of the blame on David Culley. They're going to go back to... This is the reason why he should not have been hired as the Texans head coach. They're going to put the blame on him. But on the flip side of things, let's just say he does, in fact, put together a game plan that can actually help this Texans organization put together a respectable team on the field for 17 weeks in 2021. He's not going to get none of the credit because think about it. On the defensive side of the ball, let's say he helps this defense become respectable. 
a lot of the transgressions that the Texans will fix on the defensive side of the ball this year, a lot of that credit, if not all of the credit, is going to go to Lovey Smith, their new defensive coordinator. And on the flip side of things, let's just take a look at the one side of the ball David Cully does have experience in. If David Cully improves the offensive transgressions that took place in 2020, he's not going to get the credit. It's going to be Tim Kelly. Even in a situation where Tyrod Taylor reestablished himself as a starting quarterback in this league, and let's say he put together a decent season, Cully is not going to get the credit. It's going to be Pep Hamilton. And you're talking about two individuals in, in Taylor and Cully who are familiar with one another. And let's not forget that Tyrod Taylor did have one of his best seasons under David Cully when Cully was the quarterback coach for the Buffalo Bills during the 2015 season. Let's not forget that. So once again, when you take a look at Nick Casario, there was never any doubt that he was the right man for the job. And ever since taking over as the Texans' new general manager, John, you hear me say this every single week here on Locked On Texans, he might not have been the guy that we wanted, but he's definitely the general manager that the Houston Texans needed. And he's already doing a great job. And to me, he has already proven himself. For David Culley, it's a different story. And once again, even if he gets this team to a respectable level, I do not think he is in a position where he's going to be able to get the credit that he deserves. I don't think that's a fair assessment because he was in on the hires. So, like, if the Texan team does good, I'll ask you this, and we will save a little bit more for the pre-draft expectations, but what do we think this team could do this year? I think if you win more than four games with no Deshaun Watson on your roster because you won four with four, if you win more than four games this year, then that's a win. You're setting the foundation. And he was in on the hires. He wanted these guys. And so these were his guys, just like Nick Asirio chose him. He's Nick Asirio guy. So he looks good. Nick Asirio looks, he should, get, should get praise and looks good. If the, if, if the team goes out and performing, if we see a better offensive line, which we all are expecting to see, we see a better tight end unit, we see a better secondary defense. All of these guys were coached by the guy that was brought in by David Cunning. And it's a tree. It falls hand in hand. And now I don't think that's a fair assessment to say that if they do well, then he will get dismissed in a sense. I think if they do well, everybody should say collectively as a unit, just like the Patriot organization, and I hate to say it, but everybody's doing their job, everybody's succeeding in their job, and they're able to win games. I understand your point, John, but I do believe it's going to be hard for Texans fans, Texans reporters, and just NFL fans and reporters in general to give David Cully his due credit. However, to answer your question about how good and what are we expecting from the Houston Texans in 2021, some of it is going to depend on how good or how bad they do during the NFL draft, which means it is time for us to continue our NFL draft prospect series with a look at the defensive line once again. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? 
Come on, guys. We can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353.99 at Advance, a big chain store. But it only cost $216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And continuing here with this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to continue our NFL Draft Prospect Series. And on today's show, we're going to take a look at the defensive line once again. Now, I do know ever since John and I started this series, we never talked about the same position two days in a row. However, when you take a look at how terrible the Texans defense was in 2020, and now you have to consider that the Texans lost not just their best defensive lineman from last season, but their best defensive lineman of all time in J.J. Watt. It's going to take more than a couple of free agents to fill in the void left by J.J. Watt's departure. And just to refresh everyone's memory, on yesterday's show, I did have the Houston Texans selecting Peyton Turner from the University of Houston, the edge rusher who recorded 115 tackles in 10 sacks to go along with 11 pass deflections. And on today's show, I do have the Texans selecting another edge rusher, most likely with their 147 pick, their first pick in the fifth round. That edge rusher will be Rashad Weaver. In four seasons at the University of Pittsburgh, Weaver recorded 109 tackles to go along with 17 sacks, nine pass deflections, and four forced fumbles. His best season came during his senior year this past year, where he recorded a career-best 34 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, to go along with seven sacks. And he was able to put together a career year, a season after he did not play the 2019 season after tearing his ACL during training camp. Now, what I like most about Weaver, he's super physical coming off the line of scrimmage, he is someone who has mastered all of the basic fundamentals that you want to see in your edge rusher. And he is also someone who can cause a lot of disruption in the backfield for the opposing team. And one of his best qualities as an edge rusher, he is someone who knows how to stop the run. And you definitely know that is something the Texans need for this upcoming season. 
However, there are a few weaknesses that I do want to highlight in terms of why Weaver will be somewhat of a project player if the Texans were to select him. Because yes, he's physical. Yes, he has mastered all of the basic fundamentals that you want to see in a pass rusher, but he's missing two of arguably the most important qualities that you will also want to see in your pass rusher. One, he is not very athletic, and two, his speed is a little bit on the slow side when compared to other pass rushers in this year's draft, i.e., Peyton Turner. And when you take a look at his sacks numbers that he ended his collegiate career with, 17 sacks, and then this past season he recorded a career best seven and a half sacks, I believe his sacks numbers are more so of a result of college quarterbacks holding on to the ball just a little bit more longer than quarterbacks on the NFL level. And when I take that into consideration, and I also realize that his speed is more so on the slower end of the spectrum, I'm not too sure that Weaver's sack numbers in college will be able to translate over into the NFL. However, it doesn't matter who draft this guy, and hopefully the Texans do get an opportunity to draft Weaver because he seems like a player, if given the opportunity to develop in the right system, he will become a foundational piece for an NFL franchise to build their defense around. He won't be the main foundation, but he will be one of the foundations. And when you take a look at the Texans defensive line, similar to what I said about Turner on yesterday, Weaver will make a very good one-two punch to match up on the opposite side of Charles Aminihu. Every little step I take, who sung that, Cody? Was that Bobby Brown? That was Bobby Brown. Yes, right? bro, yeah, that's yeah. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. Well, I think the Houston Texans seriously should look at inside defensive tackle out of Texas and then another Texas boy, Bobby Brown the third, 6'4", 315 pounds. What I like about Bobby Brown is he will be a one technique. And in a 4-3 defense, I am more comfortable with Malik Collins playing the traditional three-technique defensive tackle and allowing somebody that's big and physical up front to give the linebackers a, a better opportunity to free range. Free range wrong, I'm sorry. Whenever you're, you're inside, real inside, you're, you're either your nose or your one-technique shade uh, dominates and is very dominant, your linebackers thrive because that means – Offensive linemen really have to, you know, they, they really have to do a little bit more work to block this guy. And at 6'4", like I said, 315 to 20 pounds, uh, he's a beast. He's a big beast, man. You guys go watch him. Uh, he has a very mature body. I think he fits perfectly in a 4-3 defense. I'm not expecting Bobby Brown to get a lot of sacks. And I know we haven't heard a lot of we've never said a Bobby Brown and getting not getting sacks together before. Like Bobby Brown is traditionally known for getting sacks. But in this case, that's not what I'm looking for him to do. I'm looking for somebody that Houston can bring in and draft and whoever it is. I just think Bobby Brown will be a good addition to this defense late in the draft, uh, you know, fifth or sixth round. I think that he's with his built, his frame, he would be able to develop into something nasty. And Houston has a plethora of different style of linebackers. You have Zach Cunningham, you have a Kevin Pierre-Lewis, you have a Christian Kirksey. And we, we probably won't see a, some of these linebackers get significant playing time. But 
know, whoever it is, and we know Zach Cunningham will be a starter on this defense, we need to allow the linebackers not to get hit before they can hit somebody. And too many times last year, teams were able to win at the second level. I think if you insert somebody that's big, physical, uh, can play very well against the run as Bobby Brown did at Texas A&M, playing in the SEC, that will allow the linebackers to run freely and be more playmakers on that defense. I just like Bobby Brown in this game. He's young, so you'll get him on a rookie deal. You're going to get him late in the draft. I think he will be available between the fifth and sixth round. Uh, a big body, bring him in. And like I said, he will do a good job if he can develop into what I believe he can of helping linebackers make plays because they won't get touched before they can touch somebody. Before we move on, you know one thing I love to do, man, I'm kind of a, I'm a charitable guy. I love helping people out. And with me helping people out, we live in a world where you need money for everything. I love to invest in stocks. I also like to do a little bit of betting because I like extra cash and you should too. Bet online is the only place I go because they are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of my sports action. The football season is over. However, the NBA, MLB, and hockey are all in full swing and in action. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysts from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. And then you also have our local experts for every team making trades, picking the next stars of their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all of the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. I do have time to discuss before we get out of here a little bit about the expectations that, that we have on the show for Locked On Texans. Uh, for this Houston Texan team for the 2021-22 season, and honestly, Cody, to simply put it, I'm looking for a new identity. That's it. Like we've seen the identity of this team for years, from Gary Kubiak to Bill O'Brien. Even when Gary Kubiak took over for who it was Dom Capers, the identity of this team was in three phases: a vanilla offense, great players, but a coach that can't get you to the next level. And, and what I'm looking forward to now is building blocks and foundations, like I mentioned earlier in the show. I say that because, you know, I'm not totally against the David Cully hiring because of the coaches that are around him, as you put it earlier. You know, you believe that the coaches will get more credit than he made. And, uh, you, you know, as I refuted that earlier as well in the show, I think that he is still the guy that, you know, helped put this team together. He, he architect what we will see. But 
are we going to get a preview of what the future holds? This Houston Texan team has some very good young players, right? You have Philip Lindsay now in the backfield. Philip Lindsay has only been in the league three years. He's a good young player. They have good young guys on this team. Uh, however, Houston's problem has been not being able to put a full team together to actually go win games that matter. The AFC South Division, we don't really care about that anymore. Um, and I'll say this, I do not see this team winning the division. If it happens, I'll probably, I will probably buy a few people lunch. I'm known to do that. Like I, I, you know, I don't care. If they win the AFC South, I will buy a couple people lunch. I don't care. I don't see that happening. And overall, I want to see my expectation is what the hell is David Cully going to be as a coach? My pre-draft expectation for this team is just to go out there and develop some young players that can actually help set and establish a foundation for this team moving forward. Because when you take a look at this team, and John, you made a really good point, this team has some really talented young players on their team. However, I think last year, because we was fed the so-called, this is a veteran team, and this is going to be a veteran year, I think that kind of hindered their development in a way this year i don't think that's going to be the case when you take a look at guys like charles amenahu jonathan Gennard, lonnie johnson jr you look on the offensive side of the ball you mentioned lindsey let's not forget scotty phillips who did not receive hardly little to no snaps during the 2020 season. There are so many young guys to the point they might not turn into franchise cornerstone players like a DeAndre Hopkins or Deshaun Watson or JJ Watt. But if you get them to a point where all you need to do is add a franchise cornerstone player, then you're looking at a situation where the Texans rebuild can be sped up and they could possibly get back to football relevancy sooner rather than later. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.